Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1850. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Followfield, PA, with a very special guest by the name of Dick Vermeil, but we all know him as Coach. Hey Coach, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am, yeah. I hope I don't slip it, but I am ready. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> well, really nice to have you here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction as if you really need one, would you share one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you? Well, I grew up in a garage, okay? The garage was 25 yards behind the house called the Owl Garage, O-W-L, because my dad worked all night. His <laughs> friends nicknamed it the Owl Garage. So I grew up in that environment, so I've maintained an interest in cars and race cars and that kind of stuff all through my football career. Oh, this is cool. Well, this is a perfect fit then, because when I was first introduced to you, I went, okay, He's a, a Hall of Famer, a Super Bowl winning football coach. What does this have to do with cars? But listeners, I'll explain that right now. Super Bowl winning Hall of Fame coach Dick Vermeil will be at the fourth annual Philadelphia Concord Elegance that takes place on July 17th at the world famous Simeon Foundation Automotive Museum. Regular listeners will remember Fred Simeon, who was a guest here on Cars Yeah. Coach is the retired head coach for the NFL's Philadelphia Eagles, St. Louis Rams and Kansas City Chiefs. He's a driving support for a cause that's near and dear to his heart. It's called Cool Cars for Kids. It's a nonprofit established at the Concord in affiliation with the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He sits on their board and shares his 1926 Ford Miller Showfield special sprint car that he calls Black Beauty. Coach has a passion for winemaking and classic cars, and on July 16th, he'll be hosting a charity virtual wine tasting event in support of Cool Cars for Kids and the Philadelphia Concord Elegance. We'll be back in just a minute, but first a word from our sponsors. Sit tight. We're on the field with Coach. We'll be right back. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code yeah 21 Y-E-A h21 at covercraft.com you'll get 10 percent off your covercraft order that's right 10 percent off compliments of cars yeah simply use the code yeah 21 at checkout covercraft protecting the things that move you get your own custom sunscreen today i was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about american collectors insurance he said 
While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them your friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Coach, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner since you're in that sprint car with your dad. And I'd love for you to talk a bit more about your involvement with cool cars for kids because everybody listening who loves football knows of the history and what you've done in football. But today we're going to be talking about cars and things and and this near and dear charity of choice. So tell us more about it, would you? Well, the Cool Cars for Kids organization was started by Dr. Ian Krantz, who is specializes in genetic disorders with newborn children. And we were unfortunate to have a grandchild born with genetic problems 28 years ago. And because of Amy Vermeil's problems and the cooperation we got from Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania, and then Dr. Ian Krantz and everything. She is living a very comfortable life and, and a wonderful little gal and sort of the head coach of the Vermeil family. But uh, we have such respect and admiration for what they do at CHOP, and specifically Dr. Ian Krantz and his cool cars for kids. We got involved in the initial phase of the program four years ago. Normally, you know, you have a banquet the night before, then the Concourse de Elegance the next day, and then in Simeon Museum and all that kind of stuff. But last year, of course, you know, it was all canceled. So this year, we were not able to go ahead on the night before, which is July 16th, and hold our normal banquet and fundraiser and auction and that stuff. So we decided to do a, a Vermeil Wines virtual event in which people come in at a sponsorship level and receive, you know, a, a rewards from Vermeil Wines, which is a small little business in Calistoga, Napa Valley, where I was was born and raised. We make 2,500 cases a year, all very high-end, 94, 95 grades uh, wines. And wow. we were, you know, it hasn't been as successful as we would like it to be. First, it was expensive to join, but we're in the business to raise money for cool cars for kids. We're going to have it anyway, and we're going to make some money, not what we anticipated. I think today is the last day you can sign up for the event. You know, the minimum fee is $500 contribution, and it goes up to, from a $500 level to a $1,500 level to a $2,500 level to a $5,000 level to, uh, you know, a $10,000 level. Within these different levels, you receive wine gifts. For example, this campaign 
a sponsorship level at ten thousand dollars, you get a two year membership to the Vermeer Wine Signature Wine Club, which is our our top caliber wines. And you get two years, you get two cases of which are fourteen hundred dollars a case. You get that as gifts and other different things. What you receive in in as you go through the lower levels, you know, of course, naturally you don't get as much. But anyway, most people entered at the five hundred dollar level, and uh, all benefits are you know are go directly two cool cars for kids and helping research programs revolving around genetic problems at birth and pre-birth. Wow, this is so cool. I love this. I want to go back a little bit in time here with a dad who stayed up all night working on his cars in the garage. No doubt that was a big influence on you and your passion for cars these days. Can you talk a little bit about your dad and and this? Yes, well, the the race car was built in 1926 in San Francisco. You know, a backyard homemade job. And it has a Model A Miller Schofield overhead valve head. And, uh, you know, my dad drilled the crankshaft, created an oil pressure system in it, you know, which in the old days it did not have that. And he did never, he never drove the cars. He, he, he was the mechanic on that car. Jack Patchetaw drove number seven for a long time. In fact, the car won the, the West Coast Championship for points. Never won a main event, but it finished second a lot of times. You know, it was a very successful car and was my dad's pride and joy. He later went into other cars and ending up with a, a, a 270 Offenhauser that actually my brother drove part of the time. But uh, he never drove himself. He then became president of the organization up and down the West Coast there and uh, was called NARC, N-A-R-C. And uh, he is now in the Sprint Car Hall of Fame in Knoxville, Iowa, uh, due to his contribution to the sport of auto racing, sprint car racing in Northern California. So I I took the old car and set it aside in another old car, and uh, I restored them both. Restored them way beyond uh, what they really were. You know, when they really were running, no one... It was a race car. Yeah, they you got were kind dirt of rough. on them, mud on them, dents on them. Yeah. But I restored it for showing both cars, you know, and especially number seven. In fact, we won a first place at Amelia Island with it, Whoa. a blue ribbon for its class. But uh, it's a classic old car. And I just brought it home from uh, being in the Eastern Shore Motor Museum for over a year. And uh, I'm going to do a little work on it, drive it, have some fun with it. Then uh, I have donated it to the Sprint Car Hall of Fame in Knoxville Iowa, when I'm finished playing with it. But it, it is a classic old timer, believe me. Wow. It sounds awesome. What a fun way to grow up with a dad that was out out tinkering with cars. Now, you took a little different course in your life, of course, uh, as a coach and what you've done. And we're going to talk about that in a second here because I'd love to hear more about what I like to call a driving inspiration for you. You were the inspiration for so many players for so long as a, as a coach. But who was your driving inspiration? Who was a key mentor in your life, younger in life, that really was influential and helped you move forward? Well, it all starts with my father and his work ethic and and his integrity and all those kind of things. It's just common sense principles to life, really. But the guy that inspired me from a football standpoint was my high school football coach. Now, the high school only had 130 kids in it. Okay, we only had 19 the, kids on the, the whole team. S- the whole school? Yeah. Wow. And my senior class had 29 kids in it. But then he came... Uh, Bill Wood came to Calistoga High School in 1954, his first year as as the teacher out of college, the College of Pacific, and uh, became my football coach. And he sort of inspired me. He told me, you know, if you worked at it, you could play college football if you wanted to. And no one ever told me that. And then I so I I went to junior college, got my grades up, and went to San Jose State. And 
I kept in contact with him, and he was coaching high school football in the area, and I kept staying in contact with him pretty quick. I said, you know, the reason I'm going to school is because I want to be a football coach just like Bill Wood. Oh, nice. So I, I started out in high school coaching, and then it just every time someone offered me a better job, I took it. <laughs> well, that's the way to climb that ladder for sure. No doubt there was some talent there that helped you climb that ladder. You know, going back to this Concord event, what's really unique about it is where it takes place. Can you talk a little bit to the listeners about the Simeon Museum? Well, the Simeon Museum maybe is the best kept secret in Philadelphia. It was recently voted within this year by a large group of people to considered the number one motor museum of its kind in the world. I mean, it, it is, it's unbelievable. They have all these old cars, every vintage you can think of, of more, more foreign foreign because that, you know so much more started over there but with video uh, displays and you know it it just it's a fabulous big big museum and uh, i i think it's gradually being uh, more nationally recognized there's always visitors there seeing the different things from the alphas to the bugattis to the uh, all these different cars you know and, and of all of all uh, cars i can't even pronounce their names okay. <laughs> and going in back into the early 1900s with great histories yeah. With great owners, and then in the racing models, the great drivers of the Grand Prix and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's outstanding. And we've been holding our events there each year. This year is a little different. First, it's a concourse de elegance, the Corvette, okay? Mm-hmm. The American sports car. Um, you know, and uh, we're going to have a rally. It, it starts at 8 o'clock in the morning in a Chester County location, and they end up at 10 o'clock in the morning at, at Simeon Museum. And we have a real nice rally, and we'll have a many, many beautiful Corvette sports cars, and and then on into the museum, the, the entire display of unbelievable. It takes a long time to go around and really study these cars and listen to the videos and read the histories. It'll be a great day, and from there, you know, we got the Philadelphia mascot going to be there, the Eagles mascot. We're going to have the cheerleaders there, and we'll have some wow. food. And, and, you know, the tickets are 25 bucks. It's hard to go any place today for $25. Yeah, no kidding. Especially and spend as much time as you'd like to spend. Can't even go to Starbucks a, for 25 yeah. bucks these days. So. Yeah, there's a Corvette panel discussion starts at 1230, and, and the fun lasts until 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And if people are interested, they can go online right now and get their tickets with philadelphiaconcourse.com and get their tickets right now so they have them when they get on site at the Simeon Museum. You know, getting back to the wines, can people go to, is there a website for Vermeil Wines for people, if they can't be a part of the wine tasting, that they can go and purchase the wines? Sure. Just Google Vermeer Wines. Okay. That'll be simple Google Vermeer Wines. You'll see it. We have a nice website. We have a tasting room in Napa, 1018 First Street in Napa, California. Uh, open now. It was closed all through the pandemic, but it's open now and doing well. Awesome. We have a club membership of over 350 people. In fact, we have almost 120 club members here in Pennsylvania where I live on a permanent basis. Nice. I'll be in the Napa Valley here in a week. We're going out there and do some wine work and that kind of thing. And uh, then when I go back for, for a month during the harvest late August or in September. Yeah, well, when I first was connected with you, uh, I was told that you uh, had a little hobby about making wines, but I figured that was in the Al Garage behind your house, not that you had an actual winery. So I think that's fantastic. You know, another thing I want to mention about the Philadelphia Concours, because we talked about the Cool uh, cool Kids program, is you're going to also be having youth judging at this event too, right? I, that's what I understand. You know, that's what I understand. There, there's a, uh, there's something for everybody that comes. It's a great way, say you're a dad or a grandpa and want to bring your son to look at 
some cars and look at the Corvette collection that'll be displayed, and then all the rest of the cars there. And even right now, I was just there yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of little cars. With jeez, uh, I didn't even know they made them. You know, little <laughs> tiny they were kids' cars there with little, you know, one-cylinder engines in them. Really? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very cool. Well, let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about a challenge, which is almost an absurd question to mention to you because with a career in professional sports, challenges happen every minute, every hour, every day. But keep that thought in mind, and we'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code Yeah when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Coach, I like to talk with my guests about a big challenge they face somewhere along the line. And this really isn't so much about the challenge, although I want you to explain that. This is more about that lesson that we learn from challenges that turns out to be a very positive part of our life that we can take forward to be successful. Sounds a lot like football. No question. Talk to us a little bit about a major challenge that you faced, and then how did you flip that into a positive? Well, I think the greatest challenge I ever took was uh, taking over the Philadelphia Eagle job. They hadn't won in years, and they had traded away all their draft choices. In my first year, we didn't have a first, second, or third-round pick in 1976. In 1977, we didn't have a first, second, or third-round pick. In 1978, we didn't have a first or second-round pick. And you normally rebuild a football team by drafting, you know, find players out of college. But right. when you don't have those, you you have to take a different approach. So what we did recognizing we sure as hell weren't going to 
outsmart the Hall of Fame coaches that were already in our division, the Tom Landrys and these kind of people. You better go to work. And we felt we may not outsmart people, but we can outwork them with our youth and enthusiasm and passion for the game and surround ourselves with kids. And we just went to work. Five years later, we were in a Super Bowl. We got beat wow. by a better team that day. But anyway, uh, it was all wrapped around a work ethic. I read about you that you had what like people like to call a tough-as-nails work ethic at practices. And one of the quotes that I've heard you say is, no one ever drowned in sweat. Yeah. Uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, over the years, I felt if I had a strength, I had the ability to make young people realize that hard work is not a form of punishment. Mm. It's a solution. Mm. It's a problem solver. And there's actually no correlation between working less and getting better. So all we tried to do is keep working better, smarter, and harder. And it paid off. It took our Rams to the Super Bowl to win it, uh, Super Bowl 34. It took our Chiefs to the playoffs my third year there. Oh, hell, we won nine straight games. We were the only undefeated team in the league. But why? Because they went to work. Yeah. And they learned to uh, appreciate the value of hard work and recognized and, and even gave a level of self-respect for knowing that their commitment was rewarding yeah. uh, because of their own personal effort to get better. It's something that we're dealing with right now a bit in our country when it comes to work and work ethic. We're seeing challenges with that. What are some ways you would advise listeners if they have a young person in their life that they're trying to motivate, they're trying to help them understand there's nothing wrong with sweating, nothing wrong with working, and in fact, it's a really good thing for self self-preservation and just feeling good about yourself, what, what are some ways you would advise people to help young people that maybe haven't quite seen that yet? Well, I think, number one, you surround them with good people. Mm, yeah. People that care about them. And then you, you surround them by good examples. Mm -hmm. When someone comes to work and everybody is working hard, and they, and they find themselves wanting to catch up and, and, and follow their model, you know, and uh, the more the more good examples you have in your own building or on your own team, the more infectious that attitude becomes within uh, the overall profile of your organization. If you have bad examples and you and they're still there, then young kids see that, and uh, it just it doesn't send the right message to them. It doesn't right. help them. But uh, I, I think that I think you know you've they've got to make sure they trust you, the leader. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have all the plans in the world, but they won't follow your map for success unless they believe in you first. So you've got to develop that trust level, you know, and you know, trust is not physical, it's emotional. Mm. And you develop that by developing relationships with these kids. So they listen, you know, and I always say, guys, you know, if the good Lord wanted you to talk more than listen, it'd given you two mouths and one ear, you know. <laughs> My mom used to say that. <laughs> yeah, but it's important to, you know, listen to the good examples. Yeah. Follow yeah. their example, you know. Absolutely. Build relationships, yeah. And and be honest, be sincere. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid your friends. Uh, you you can do this. And I think you asked me about the toughest challenge that that was in Philadelphia. But I'll tell you this: twelve guys off that original roster went to a Super Bowl five years later. There you go. Without first, second, third round draft choices. Yeah. Yeah, because every guy, every everywhere they looked, they saw somebody trying to do what they were trying to do and do it right. Wow! Awesome. 
Great, great wisdom there. I like to ask my guests about bucket lists, things they want to accomplish in life. You've accomplished so much. A lot of people would think, well, time for coach to maybe just wants to sit back and relax on the porch. I have a feeling you're not that kind of guy. So if you look ahead to your life with the Vermeil Wine, with this Concours event, with how you're helping people through cool kids, what's another big bucket list item on your list, coach? Well, selfishly, I'd still like to drive an old Indianapolis race car around the Indianapolis track by myself. There you I'd go. I'd like to do that, even if I went 40 miles an hour. Now, Mario Andretti gave me a ride around the Pocono track, the two-and-a-half-mile track, in the Toyota two-passenger car. Yes. And we turned lap 190 miles an hour, and that was really oh, a Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. But, and with Mario driving, who's maybe the best ever. But anyway, I w- I'd like to do that. That's on the bucket list. I may never do it. But I've I've been to Indianapolis race a couple times. But, I, you know, I grew up listening to that race and watching it. And that was the big, I grew up wanting to be a driver that drove it, would drive in that race someday. So that, that's a bucket list. The other thing, I think the other bucket list is to see if I can't make a contribution to organizations such as Cool Cars for Kids that, that they're, they're, the organization is filled with people with passion, but not about themselves, about other people. And that, it's very rewarding to be around these people. They're not football players. They're not million-dollar quarterbacks. They're just wonderful people that want to do something nice for other people that aren't as fortunate. And I'd, I'd like to see that program really become strong. And uh, I know my wife and I have a fund that's uh, supporting them a full-time research scientist at Children's Hospital in Genetic Disorders. Mm-hmm. So we get, you know, that's a that's a bucket list. It's, it's getting filled up for us right now. No doubt, no doubt. Great things you guys are doing. I always like to ask my guests about a really special vehicle in their life. Obviously, uh, this sprint car, Black Beauty, is that for you. I'd like to see you in that car driving around the Indy 500 track. I think that would be pretty darn cool. I know it's a sprint oh, yeah. car, not an Indy car, but what the heck. I think it'd be pretty fun. Is that really the the most special car in your life when you look back or is there another ride that has great memories for you well there was my my dad's best friend his name was grant douglas had a beautiful red sprint car it was very famous in fact there's a book written about the car and it's been remodeled a few times it has a do hal in it h-a-l double overhead cam hal engine in it and i completely restored that because my dad at the end of his racing interest uh was given that car as a gift Okay. Wow. Oh wow! And uh, I restored it, and I ran it in Calistoga. There's a race in Calistoga on a very, very nice half miles old racetrack. There, mm-hmm. it's called the uh, Calistoga Speedway, home of Louis Vermeil. And the engine blew on me, so I'm in the process now of restoring the engine, which it's very hard to do. Okay, wow. because no one makes parts for it. But I think within the year, uh, it'll be running again. Uh, that's my second car. And my third most famous car is my first car I bought for $15, a 1936 five-window coupe, okay? Yeah. It, the transmission had dropped out of, uh, out of it, and the guy just pulled it off the side of the road and left it there. Oh, gosh. And uh, we knew who owned it, so my dad contacted the guy. He said he'd take $15 for it, and then <laughs> I restored that. Okay, I restored that all the way up, put hydraulic brakes in it, Columbia two-speed rear end, a three-quarter race V8 in it, and all, you know, it was painted black. My dad also had a body shop. My girlfriend then, who's now my wife for 65 years, did the upholstery work in it, and uh, wow. it was a nice little car. In fact, our first child's baby bed was right behind the, the one seat, you know, oh, the yeah. little platform they had under the back window. Yeah. God, yeah. Today, they'd put you in jail for putting a child there, you know. <laughs> 
But we loved that car, and we, later we sold that and got a 1950 Ford. But the 36 Ford is a, has creates many positive thoughts in my mind. Well, it sounds like you're a very hands-on mechanic. You got some uh, skill sets from your dad. Yeah, I did. You know, when I was in college, and eventually the people in the athletic department heard that I was a mechanic. And because I had a child in college, I started working part-time and then summer full-time at Vince's Flying A Garage, Vince DeMonto, in, oh, no. in Osiree Street. And I used to bring the coaches' cars there. I could get the parts wholesale through my dad's ID number. Uh-huh. I'd work on the car there, and they pay me the labor. So I was I making extra money to live on and feed my family <laughs> uh, by working as a mechanic. And when I started out as a high school coach, my summer job was a mechanic at Rich's Flying A Garage. No kidding. Oh, that's so cool. Well, very, very cool. I love it. So here's a question nobody, I guarantee you, has ever asked you this before. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Coach. If you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is your attributes as a human, your drive, your coaching ability into a vehicle. What would that vehicle be? But more importantly, why? Mm, that's, you know, that takes some real thought. I'm not used to thinking that deep anymore. You know? <laughs> oh, come uh, on. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It would be, you know, I love the, the idea of a double overhead cam engine. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh-huh. I love the idea of small bar, high RPM huge horsepower, okay, like the Novi engines used to put it out, you know, those kind of things. So, I, I, you know, I think an old Indianapolis Roadster with a 270 off in it, and if, you know, if I I hit the jackpot somewhere down the road, I'll still buy one, okay? (laughs) I'd love to have one, you know, the the old Curtis and the A.J. Watson type. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I went up to the Poconos and took number... uh, Seven up there to run here three years ago. In fact, the last race they've had it in terms of Indy cars. But they had an antique day, an antique car thing, and I ran it around. Of course, it broke down on me. But uh, <laughs> they do that. There were a number of old roadsters there, and it just I got to sit in them. It was it was so exciting. Yeah, they're beautiful old cars, and I know they bring a lot of them back to Indy uh, over the years, where people bring yeah. those old cars back and they drive them around the track. I don't think yeah, they have races yeah, in them, but they, they do. Yeah, they drive them. Yeah, they're beautiful, beautiful vehicles. And when you look at those, I always think, oh my gosh, those guys are the bravest people in the world to get in those things. Yeah, and race. Uh, wow, Mark. Especially compared to today. Oh gosh, you talk about the Vukoviches and the Herdabices and the yeah. Parsons and the Agajanians. <laughs> yes, and the and the uh, oh my gosh, uh, the Unser family. You know, I just see one just passed away. But yeah, anyway, yeah. you talk about brave, brave guys. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I always ask about how people love to give back. We talked about your uh, cool cars for kids program. Are there ways that listeners today they want to contribute or help be a part of this, they can learn more about it? Oh, sure. I think just Google uh, Cool Cars for Kids, Philadelphia, Children's Hospital. Uh, there, Hey, there's always a way to find a way to give money, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, It's, it's always there. It's always, it always exists. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but right now for tickets, you can go philadelphiaconcourse.com. Okay. But uh, you can Google uh, Cool Cars for Kid in Philadelphia, and you'll get all the information you need to make a contribution if you'd like to do it. Awesome. It's, just a, it's a great organization run by all volunteers. You know, and Dr. Ian Krantz is a full-time operating doctor at CHOP and doing this on the side to help raise money for the things that he's involved in, nice. helping other children, you know. So yeah. it's a 
it's it's a great program. People helping people, that's what it's all about. You bet. You know, being an inspiration yep. as you are, Coach, no doubt perhaps some books have been uh, played, or have played important parts in your life. I like to ask my guests if they would recommend a book that uh, they could learn from, they could be motivated by. Is there a particular book you'd like to recommend today? You know, I, I read the Navy SEAL books. Ah. I just read both Tom Shea's book, General Stanley McChrystal's books, who's a professor now in the Ivy League. You know, he was running our services in Afghanistan until Obama fired him. But anyway, I love reading those uh, true leaders, uh, you know, and I, I like re- leadership books uh, because it, sometimes it reinforces what you believe, one, and also helps you correct what you th- might have been doing wrong. And also it adds to the depth of your knowledge in regard to uh, leadership. But, but I like to read what leaders write that have been in real leadership positions. Mm, yes. Not, I don't have anything against college professors or any of these guys that write these philosophical books. I have nothing against them at all. But I'll tell you, <clears throat> a guy like Stanley McChrystal or, or, you know, these guys, Tom Shea and uh, all these kind of books, because they've been there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They've been it. They've been, they've had the gun sight on them, you know, and uh, they know what true leadership is all about and they can, they're great examples for us younger people and our older people as well. Uh, so I enjoy reading that. I really do. Have you ever thought about writing a book about your your leadership skills and what you've contributed to, to so many young people? Yeah, you know, I, I was I contracted to do one at when I retired, and within six months I backed out on it. Mm, it's and, a lot uh, of work. Well, no, it's, it wasn't that. It's just that I don't have anything unique to say. <laughs> and I've learned so much from a lot of people. You know, I've worked for George Allen, Tommy Protho, John Ralston. I've been same staff with Bill Walsh and the, Jim Mora and these kind of people. Yeah. Mike Martz, Al Saunders, all great coaches. I, you know, I I don't I don't think I could write anything any better than what somebody else has already written. Mm. And I, I, you know, and the other thing is, uh, I don't know who to give credit to in regard to documenting where I got these thoughts, <laughs> you know, because I've never stopped <laughs> studying it. Right. And uh, so I'm plagiaristic, you know, and I learn and I adapt and it becomes part of my philosophy. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to take advantage of somebody else's knowledge and claiming it's all for me. <laughs> well, you've, you've done what you said earlier in our talk today, and that is surround yourself with really great people. Yeah. Yeah. We are the culmination of those we surround ourselves with. Such an important yeah. lesson. Oh, no question. Yeah. You know who really, you know who really sold me on that concept? The great Chuck Knox. I worked for ah. Chuck Knox his first year as a head coach, and he always said, give me all the good people and I'll kick your butt. You know? <laughs> no doubt. You know, and that is so simple and so fundamental to easy to understand. Yes. The hardest thing to do is to de- de- determine who the real good people are. Yes. Yeah. Mom always told me, pick your friends very wisely and pick people that are stronger than you because you'll aspire to be like them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, We'll take one more short break. We come back. We're going to go on the ultimate drive with coach. So sit tight, keep the seatbelts on. We'll be right back. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States. That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. 
and more and more listeners find Cars Yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. Have you looked under your hood recently? The average car today has more than 70 computers and 100 million lines of code. Today and tomorrow, being a professional technician requires an understanding of technology, computers, and electrical systems that are highly advanced and very complex. Cars yeah is honored to support TechForce Foundation as our charity of choice. Their efforts to help young people pursue a technical education and a fulfilling career as automotive techs is the key to an inspired life. Through scholarships, grants, and good old-fashioned hands-on experiences with vehicles, TechForce and Cars yeah are working together to connect young people with viable careers. Join us and learn more by visiting techforce.org today. All right, we're going to go on the ultimate drive code. So you get to pick the vehicle. You get to pick the person you're with. This could be somebody living or deceased. And where would you be driving this vehicle? So what does the ultimate drive look like for you? Jeez, you know, that's, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. (laughs) I would have to say I, I would, you know, just because I believe it, I would, my passenger would be my wife of 65 years, Carol Vermeil. Yeah, you know, she's been a, a great friend, a great wife, a great mother, a great grandmother, now a great great grandmother. Whoa! And and uh, assistant football coach and everything else. And I think I don't know what car I, I would pick to get in. I really don't know. Uh, the American cars are so good today. My best friend owns a Lexus dealership, and I just I'm overwhelmed at how nice that car is to drive. You know. Oh yeah. And not too long ago, I I rented an, an Infinity in Missouri and drove 500 miles across Missouri to get to Kansas City. Uh-huh. And I was just so impressed with what a wonderful drive it was. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. there are so many nice cars on the road. And, you know, I grew up working on the old cars, the Dodge, the Chrysler's, the Plymouth, the Chevys, the, the Nash's, the Hudson's. And, oh, oh, gosh. Geez. I hated the Nash. I hated the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but I, I think I would pick a Lexus. The beautiful Lexus sedan and drive across country with my wife and uh, stop at the different, the best dining room. I love good food and good wine. And I, I would take that trip and I would plan, well, I'm going to get here tonight because this is where the best restaurant in this <laughs> part of the country is. And, and the they serve wine. a great wine and, yeah. and move across the country that way. We've talked about it and we haven't done it and we are running out of time. Well, you need to do that. I'll tell you, I think this uh, pandemic uh, helped everyone realize the importance of getting out, being with family, being with friends. No question. And we live in the best country in the world by far. And there's so much to see here and it's so vast and it's so, the variety is so enormous that uh, we're seeing a lot of people out on the roads these days. I have a lot of my friends that are doing that as well. Coach, you, uh, you know, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today, and I want to thank you for spending some time with me today and talking about this uh, great event that you're a part of in the Philadelphia Concord. Could you leave us with maybe uh, a mantra, a success quote, or parting words of wisdom here today? Well, you know, I, I always tell my guys, and I, uh, Roosevelt said this years ago, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. (laughs) That's true in the National Football League. It's true in any business you're in. You know, people have an unbelievable tolerance for praise. And I've always tried to work on the positive side of motivating people. And, you know, very few people have the ability 
to perform better than their own self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So it's very, very important for young people to receive positive fortification as often as they can and discipline when they need it. Absolutely. Great, great words of wisdom there. I want to do a shout out to Judy Stropas and uh, John Zarab uh, that connected me with Coach today. Thank you guys for uh, bringing another great guest here to Cars yeah. And you listeners, this is a great event. If you're going to be in this part of the country coming up here very soon, go out to philadelphiaconcord.com. You can get tickets online. Uh, and the Simeon Museum, what a better place to have a show. Coach, hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your wisdom with us today. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Philadelphia Concord Elegance. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it, Mark. Fun to talk cars. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!